Greetings and welcome to Walking and Talking. This is Ben Bennett. What you are about to hear is the audio version of one of the early Walking and Talking episodes, which, as you may know, began as a video series on YouTube in 2017. As of recording this intro in 2021, I am in the process of transferring the entire backlog of episodes to this audio format and publishing them as podcasts. The main reason that I'm doing this is that I think listening to audio lends itself to more situations than does watching video, and it may be in some sense healthier as well. For example, I can and often do listen to podcasts while doing other things like driving, walking, or doing manual work, whereas I wouldn't be able to watch a video while doing those things, at least not safely or effectively. My hope is that publishing Walking and Talking as a podcast will allow my voice to accompany you while you do things in the world other than staring at a screen. These early episodes certainly leave something to be desired in terms of audio quality as they include things like mic handling noise, wind noise, and inconsistent volume levels, but this does improve as the series progresses, as I learn better microphone technique and I upgrade from the obsolete camera that I started with. Because these episodes were originally intended as videos, there may occasionally be something of relevance that is visual and will therefore be omitted from the audio version, but by and large, all of the relevant information is verbal, so you won't be missing anything crucial by not seeing the video. Starting from episode number 85, and to some extent before that as well, I'm being mindful of the audio-only experience and am making sure to verbally describe anything that I think is relevant. Publishing these episodes as a podcast does involve additional work and additional expense, as I am paying for my podcast hosting, so if you appreciate what I'm doing, please consider supporting me via my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Benjamin Bennett. The link is also in the podcast's description. I don't put any ads or promotions in Walking and Talking, either here or on YouTube, so donations are the only support that I get for this series. My goal is to produce the series with increasing frequency and intensity, as well as to start a new series, the nature of which shall remain secret for now. These goals could be greatly aided if I could begin to cover some of my expenses from the show. At Patreon, you can sign up for as little as $2 a month, and believe me, every small amount is enormously helpful. I am a legendary tightwad, both dispositionally and ethically, meaning... I have always been trying to figure out how to get the most utility from the scantest resources, so believe me when I tell you that any money that you donate will go a long way in supporting the quantity, quality, and development of this work. One last time, the URL is patreon.com slash Benjamin Bennett, and with no further ado, on to the episode. Hello, my internet friends. Welcome back to Walking and Talking, the show where I walk and talk. <clears throat> After I said that, I just I realized immediately that I didn't have anything to say. And uh, I was... I just immediately was grasping for something to say. <clears throat> and I felt 
almost panicked, almost. Like what to do here. What to say. Um, and I'm making this effort now just to uh, go forward without thinking about it. Just keep my mouth moving already. I'm feeling, well, I was going to say I feel thankful to be doing this, and in a way I do, but in another sense, I uh, don't have any particularly strong feelings about it, although I'm, I keep getting annoyed at how Uh, the camera is just rubber banded to a stick that I found but the nature of my rubber banding job just makes it keep tilting so maybe maybe uh, maybe this episode will just be at an angle Well, I have to have to keep talking anyways, but I guess I shouldn't think about it that way. I have to, no, I, no, I should uh, maybe not frame things by using the words have to, but rather that I'm choosing to continue talking at the moment it feels maybe I, I had some kind of thought that I feel like I have to or that because it feels a little unnatural at the moment to keep talking <clears throat> the natural thing would be to just walk without talking So, but you know, so I'll force myself to keep talking and hopefully at some point it'll not feel so unnatural. I'm having you know, lots of thoughts are coming to my head that are just kind of situational um, about the details of what's going on. I feel out of sorts with regards to talking right now. And 
and to thinking. As in, my thinking feels cloudy right now. <clears throat> And certainly that has something to do with my circumstance today. Both externally and internally. Externally in that I'm in a location that I'm unfamiliar with. And internally, both, you know, internally, physiologically, like physically and mentally, both of those things being very linked. My thinking about my internal state is that is that it's in some kind of disequilibrium or <clears throat> that the uh, whatever equilibrium is being maintained physiologically for me today is somewhat tenuous owing to the fact that you know, I uh, sleeping and eating patterns have uh, been very irregular for the past several days, just owing to circumstance and, you know, to my own fault as well. And I wish, I really wish the camera would not be so damn tilted. It's annoying me a lot. Let me just see if there's any way I can straighten, straighten you out. And now it's pointed upwards. This is terrible. Let me, can I, should I just stop this video to do this? No, we can, we can keep filming. It's all right. <clears throat> this is, uh, I don't have to, I don't have to hang on to any, you know, very great expectations about what this video is going to be like and so I think it's all right if it includes a little bit of shifting around the camera it's uh, it's pretty level now let's see how long that lasts I'll have to show you a picture of the selfie stick maybe I'll post it on the community uh, section of my channel. We got some, we got some stinging nettles here. 
they're everywhere around this place. You could have, you would, you would never go short of, of nettles here. Well, I, I always have some, I, I tend to hold on to some ideals about what my mental state should be like <clears throat> when I walk and talk. And I hope for it to have have certain qualities, but then also the act of walking and talking contributes to a mental state that I'm attracted to. <clears throat> so it's like if I can cultivate that mental state outside of walking and talking so that I can bring it into walking and talking that's the the best thing for you <clears throat> but if I don't do that and walking and talking is a tool for me to achieve a, a favorable mental state or or at least a some some what we could call it some kind of clear mental state whatever that means if that has any validity then I, I guess that's a little bit more selfish in some way. Um, it's at least rel relatively selfish. Selfish in the relative sense of, of this context of this video. Maybe today this episode is slightly selfish in that It's possible that this episode is doing more to contribute to my personal mental well-being than it is contributing to other people's mental well-being, but I'm not going to jump to that conclusion yet. that definitely remains to be seen and even the way that I put that may in fact be not the best way of thinking about things. In fact I have uh, a suspicion that even by dropping this concept of mental well-being completely, that there may be a kind of mode of consciousness that's possible. that is, is more 
encompassing of <clears throat> of reality. By that I mean a consciousness that <clears throat> could contain both dualistic, contain within it both dualistic ways of thinking and a non-dualistic way of thinking where even this notion of well-being is like, is like irrelevant even though um, from the from a dualistic perspective I think that that mode of consciousness this non-dualistic mode of consciousness is dependent consciousness that does think about well-being and and you know is able to achieve it like there's a certain kind of speaking from this dualistic perspective there is a kind of certain baseline well-being that's necessary to have to provide a foundation for a non-dualistic way of thinking I feel some self-consciousness coming up as I I listen to myself say these things and vaguely remember talking about this stuff before and thinking that even sometimes when it might seem like I'm thinking of something originally like I'm the thinker that's me like having these thoughts these thoughts, I've, I've had these same thoughts before and um, I'm just kind of, my mind is just thinking in a pattern. It's just reenacting a pattern that I've thought of. And I feel even more self-consciousness when I realize that some of the things that I just said, those ideas aren't really originally mine they've at least been very influenced by other people and maybe even to the extent that they're you know almost kind of just taken from other people But, you know, that's, that self-consciousness is, is maybe also a, a product of some form of, of narcissism that seems to be putting more importance on me as an author of ideas than on the ideas themselves. 
like if I'm not worried about myself and my worth as a person and my worth as an original thinker <clears throat> then it seems like I could allow these ideas to to circulate and and communicate them just for their own accord and not so much on their on, on what they do for me you know this question of what's being contributed but there's at least this process that's being contributed there's at least just a, I don't know a document of somebody thinking and trying to communicate thoughts in a continuous manner for four hours. So there's that. There's this. I'm still feeling a little bit of the mental fogginess. But I'm trying not to uh, compound it by worrying about it. And I, I thought again just now of about the quality of what's going on here, the quality of what I'm saying, and I wondered if it's of any kind of value. And then I noticed myself thinking about that and I... Then I, then I went on to question if that kind of <clears throat> um, thought pattern is is a negative one. You know, if I'm taking up, if I'm expending mental energy needlessly. worrying about 
whether what I'm saying is of any quality or value. And if I might in fact be <clears throat> making some self-fulfilling prophecy of the content of what I'm saying being valueless because I'm expending all my energy worrying about whether it's valueless rather than uh, something rather than expending that mental energy on some other thoughts that might be more valuable and as I start to describe this process it became it becomes almost kind of <clears throat> funny for me to realize that that a this thought process itself is just a continuance like a reiteration of that of the same process that it is wondering about you know that this is this is just a uh, It's like a, a meta-worrying, you know, worrying about worrying. But as I, as I describe it, it might not be accurate entirely to call it worrying because I don't really feel physically anxious about it. <clears throat> it's just a, it's more just a thoughts rather than something that's producing any, any emotional anxiety it's just uh, a wondering but I found it humorous that I was wondering about wondering Wondering, questioning the value of questioning the value of what I'm thinking and talking about. So as, so A, it's interesting to note that cycle perpetuating itself into meta levels B this that whole that whole thought that whole train of thought rests on some you know completely vague and undefined blurry notion of something else that might be more valuable than this which I'm realizing as as clear as day in this moment is is a completely false idea when it comes to 
this process that I'm engaged with right now. I don't have to say engaged with, I could just say doing, right? And like spare you the pretension of like using words like engaging or engaged. But this idea that there's there's some other thoughts that I could be having that are more valuable and I think that this video the series of videos walking and talking is almost for me an expression of my feeling towards towards thoughts and that ultimately there are, there are all kind of equally empty in a way I mean that's not that's not entirely true. I think I, I could say that within thoughts there there may exist you know, some kind of hierarchy of truth as in some thoughts will stand up better to the various tests that they get put to when they run up against reality, when they run up against other thoughts. And maybe no thoughts are completely without any truth whatsoever. But it's that the amount of the, the, the truth that's contained in any one thought can vary widely in its in its its scope of applicability, its uh, its its relativity. Uh, Like you have things that are just lies, you know, like you have, you have, certainly people lie sometimes. When you, when you lie to someone, say something while you but but you know the truth to be otherwise you say one thing but you're 
you're thinking something else, but you know, the liar may be kind of temporarily convincing themselves of the lie at times, you know, Some, to, to kind of reduce cognitive dissonance. cognitive distance that occurs when you lie in order to rationalize it you you might alter your own thinking to look at reality in a certain way that corresponds with the lie that you're telling so that it doesn't feel like such a lie. It kind of feels like some some kind of version of the truth for you for the moment that you say it. And so maybe, you know, subjectively, temporarily, that lie may be a kind of truth for the person saying it. Just, you know, subjectively, but it doesn't, it's, it's you know, a very, that's like a, a very fleeting and weak kind of truth because it doesn't hold up to, to the rest of reality at large when it runs into it, when it runs into other views of reality, it loses out. And so I think the kind of, but the, the, the violence of lying, you know, occurs when it's received by the other person and the other person hears a lie and, you know, receiving a thought that some, you know, version of, some version of reality, they hear it and, you know, depending on how much they trust the person saying it, the, how much they trust the source of the information, depending on how trustful a person they are, or how skeptical a person they are, they'll adopt this thought in their minds that they've heard. But they're, they're adopting a very weak truth. I mean, an, an untruth. They're, they're, they've, they've incorporated into their mind some version of reality that's very weak and sooner or later it will run up into a deeper truth a uh, a greater truth and an 
and it won't hold out. And so, whatever other thoughts and actions someone does on the basis of this lie that they've been told, or this untruth, or this weak truth, or, you know, this truth that they have, this, this thought that they've had that's been given to them by a person who has, has not, you know, has, has given them a, a weak truth, a truth that hasn't been, that's either, either willfully, um, either willfully contrived in order to reduce the person's cognitive dissonance, or it maybe is just a version of the truth that is, is we can put out there without actually putting it to any test of reality. But stated in, in a way as if it has. And so that's that's where the violence comes in 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 lying in that. And and when I when I say lying here, I mean you know, kind of all um, degrees of it, you know, from from willfully and, and knowingly contriving something that's very elaborate and and knowingly false. Um, to, to like, just kind of like slightly, um, you know, reshaping, bending, bending the truth a little bit to relieve your own cognitive dissonance or to, to kind of like being being willfully ignorant about the truth and uh, stating something that stating something as being true that you're not sure if is actually true. Now there's there's all these different degrees of it, but there's but the violence comes in when it it, it does harm on a person that's told that because anything that they do or think, you know, people, we, we all form our realities upon information that we receive in the world. And so when you receive information that's untrue, your part of your reality becomes one that's untenable. Your, your worldview, uh, will have holes in it, or not holes, but uh, there'll be components of your worldview that are not functional. And there will be harm done either, either to you or to others if, you're, if your worldview, if to the extent that there's dysfunctional components of your worldview.
Now I'm trying to think what I what was I uh, talking about before I got onto this topic of lying, because it seemed like before I branched off on that, there were other things. I'm gonna stop and start the video. Um, interesting externality uh, is that I, I got my camera replaced because it kept freezing up when I was filming. Uh, so it's replaced now and uh, this is the first episode that I've shot on the new camera and so I don't know if it's still gonna have this freezing problem or not, but I'm gonna stop and start the video just in case. Well, when I restarted the video, it didn't, uh, didn't make any indication that it froze, so uh, that's a good sign. What was I thinking about before I started talking about lying? Oh, I remember. I was, I was, uh, I was kind of talking about the the notion about. Um, some thoughts being, you know, better than other thoughts, and how, uh, in the context of this video, in this, this process that I'm doing, I'm, I'm not really, uh, It's not helpful to to uh, think about thoughts in a hierarchical way. So I guess I guess by talking about lying, I, I was kind of uh, illustrating how, uh, in some ways, there there is a hierarchy between thoughts. You know, a hierarchy of, of truthfulness. Um, and many people will, will no doubt object to this idea. Uh, but in objecting to it, they, they will, you know, be asserting a, a kind of um, relativism. Um, postmodern kind of uh, you know relativism, whether it's cultural cultural relativism or or other, you know, where everyone has different worldviews and different perspectives, um, and from this point of view, we don't we we can't. Uh, assign any hierarchy between them uh, but I've, I've come to 
and you know I, I uh, at one point at one point that seemed very true to me that uh, you know the truth for one person is different from the truth for another person and one's not better than the other one's not more true than the other but I've while there is while there is truth to that at the same time you know there's truth while there's truth to the cultural relativism at the same time uh, I think there there does exist a hierarchy of truth uh, between different worldviews and in kind of in the way that I was just describing about how certain ideas hold up much better you know hold up for longer when they come into contact with with reality when they come into you know like a, a truth might be a, an idea might be very functional in a limited in a limited reality a limited world but then when it moves outside of that realm uh, and into a larger larger reality that that limited world is just a part of then it, it may hold up or it may not it may be functional or it may not be functional in that larger reality Or, and, and also, you know, there's not only the, uh, the, the test of, like, expanding geographic relevance, like, you live on one island and you have uh, a worldview that, that works on your island, but then you, you travel and then you realize that, that the world is a lot larger than you previously thought and there's these other continents with people living in a different way and you come in contact with them and your worldview doesn't it doesn't work with your worldview anymore and so either you try to you have to stretch your world stretch the interpretation of your worldview to extreme lengths in order to fit the rest of reality into that worldview or you need a, a new worldview altogether And so I guess, uh, you know, to some extent, <clears throat> when I'm walking and talking here, I'm not really, I, I'm, I'm like, you know, trying not to uh, be, be looking, looking outward, you know, from, from my own, out, you know, I'm trying not to be uh, projecting 
outward from my current experience to imagine other thoughts that might be better than the thoughts I'm having now. Because that might, you know, if I, if I do that too much, it could, could potentially like contribute towards just like feeling anxiety and, and, and worry and an unpleasant experience. And I'd rather just, you know, be working with whatever thoughts that I'm having right now because that's kind of like, that's kind of all my reality is, at least cognitively, at any given moment. It's like, don't, don't uh, reject the thought that I'm having right now, but, you know, allow it to just allow myself to continue working with it and it's not that I have to accept it as true or something but <clears throat> it's mainly that I I don't want to be putting any energy into an anxious way of thinking or just in, in, an anxious I don't want to be uh, forfeiting energy over to anxious emotions that are a product of um, you know overly being overly self-critical about what types of thoughts I'm having at any given moment. But that being said, it's like my general orientation here is, is towards truth. And I hope that it's towards, you know, the greatest and deepest truth that I have the capacity for. That maybe this process of thinking and communicating my thoughts continuously might create a condition where, you know, deeper thinking can occur and uh, relatively deep sorts of thoughts can, can happen.
but when I, when I talk about not rejecting the current thought, it's like... It's like letting it go, but not, you know, being repulsed by it or something, or, or not, not, uh, judging, not judging myself at all for having any certain kind of thoughts, but, you know, it's okay to evaluate the thoughts themselves on a basis of truthfulness or, you know, how, how deep is the truth to any given thought? How widely applicable is it? Um, is it, is it being motivated by any particular emotional energy that might be going on? And so, it's like, observe the thought, and then, you know, you let it go in, and then you observe what that thought led to, and you, you observe the act of observing that thought. You observe the process of thinking itself. And then, in that in that process, you become you become uh, disidentified from the thoughts. And I've, I'm experiencing that a little bit now, and it, it feels like very relieving, honestly. thing about this for me is is that effect of this kind of relief of being able to ha having this uh, this framework in which to observe my thinking process without being so identified with it and uh, to stop judging myself on the basis of what thoughts are happening. My mineral vasa doesn't have any gas in it. That's what I, I wanted the one with gas, but I couldn't I couldn't read it clearly enough, apparently. You know, 
all of this has um, sprung up just from the beginning of this video when I was just like I don't know what to say I don't have anything to say um, and everything that I've said so far has has just been a complete extension of that very true statement of not having anything to say so it's it's not false that I don't have anything to say but at the same time I've already uh, spent maybe almost an hour saying things but they're they're all things that I've you know feel like I've already you know if I haven't let go of them then I'm like in the process of let, letting go of them and just you know continuously moving on which is all you can really do anyways like you hope not to have thoughts that are like just hanging hanging on like not not fully completed but not fully let go of you know like st kind of stuck in limbo like stuck to you not fully processed so they're they're not like doing anything it's not doing anything, but then you, but still you can't, can't get rid of it. That sort of feeling. But sometimes, you know, maybe you just like, if you really can't, if you really can't get rid of it, then you just uh, maybe have to live with it for a while. And um, over time, uh, even the whole, the whole, maybe the whole thing that that, you know, problematic thought is attached to, uh, you might be able to let go of. But maybe you need it for now, so so you hang on to it for a while until you until you until you don't need it anymore, and then you let go of the whole thought complex. I still have, you know, nothing really to say. Um, and yeah, I was, I was, I was starting to say how, uh, 
walking and talking to me is, for me is uh, kind of um, the most truthful expression for me of how I feel about thinking and how I feel about talking. So I think if you watch any walking talking episode for long enough, you'll probably, it's, it, it'd be hard for you to miss the, you know, the, the ultimate emptiness of everything that I say. You know, you know, like how I, how I say one thing, it's like if I if I articulate one idea, it's not really like that idea itself has like any kind of like intrinsic importance. Um, it's more like you know, it's not like. It's not like any particular idea that I, I express in, in walking and talking is, has any like autonomy or in, like intrinsic uh, applicability to the world. Uh, well, I mean, there there might be some applicability, but but it's just that any idea is just you know it's only arises in relationship to other ideas that I have. Anything that I say is really just like a continuance and reaction to something that I said just before it. And pretty much, pretty much everything that I say like It's all of its meaning, for the most part, is is relative and is only exists because of the context of other things that I've said, which in themselves don't have any intrinsic meaning, and you know, like any given idea that I express like only has meaning in relation to one of the other ideas that I've said I mean I guess sure they they also relate to other ideas that are out there in the world and uh, I'm sure ideas that you might have But like, if you want to do a test of whether something I say here in this video has intrinsic importance, you know, you can just think about how how would your life how how is your life going to be now that you have 
heard what I have to say and compare that to how do you think your life would have been if you hadn't heard what I had to say. You know, like, maybe you can, maybe it's hard to tell exactly, but you could probably have some kind of good idea of like, uh, is, is anything in particular that I say, like, does it have any real impact on you? And maybe something I could say could have some impact on you, but in my view, more important than any particular idea or thought expressed is is really like the 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 process of thinking itself like the Like, you know, like, like you can do this too. Like anybody can, anybody could walk and talk like this, whether they record it or not. You know, more importantly than walking around and talking and recording it for four hours, like I mean, I was going to say that like maybe maybe this process like points to. Could, could reveal some sort of insight about the nature of thought itself and, and that maybe that would be informative of the way that you think or maybe uh, could, could suggest uh, a practice of observing your own thoughts or something. But um, isn't that kind of like isn't that kind of what everybody does anyways already, kind of? Uh, I mean, essentially, essentially, we all just have our consciousness and our minds are just kind of going, you know, as, as you can notice, you know, you can notice it probably a little bit more clearly in this video how my mind just goes, you know. <clears throat> the, you know, thinking just happens. And it's not, it's not like, it doesn't have like this total like independence from the outside world. Every, you know, every thought that I have has been informed, influenced by the thoughts I've come in contact in the world 
that are just circulating. And, you know, creating the amalgamation of thoughts that becomes my, my thinking self, which, which then, you know, seeks out certain other types of thoughts that it interacts with. And, and thus, you know, compounding this sense of this, this cognitive self, if you will. And so that's, you know, everyone has that going on. You know, everyone at some point will, I think, observe themselves thinking or, you know, you just, you know, live life and at some point or another, you will notice some aspect of your own thinking you know it is true that for a large part of the time we are identified with our thoughts like what what is the thinking that's going on that feels like us like this is this is me thinking this thought or you know and, and you don't like have an awareness of a self that's outside of that thought, that thinking, you know, that happens to me, you know, maybe, maybe even most of the time that I'm awake. Um, but, you know, there's <clears throat> always going to be a time when you might notice some aspect of thinking. You'll, you'll be like, like even if you, even if you notice you, you thought something that was wrong or something and or that turned out to be untrue and, and you're like, hmm, why did I think that? And then uh, in some, that's in a small way, that's a form of disidentifying with your thought. You know, when you, if you, you think one thing and that turns out to be untrue and then you realize, uh, oh, I'm, I'm not that, that, that wasn't true. And also I, I thought that and that thought is not, no longer me. And even things, even, thoughts that you have that might be a large component of your identity uh, can change. Like if you're, you know, if you're religious and then you switch to another religion or stop being religious whatsoever, it's like you're kind of disidentifying from that mode, from a complex of thoughts that you were, that uh, was uh, large component of your reality in the past but so you know this can happen in big ways and small ways but it uh, so you know we in in life we go through various modes of being identified or disidentified with thinking
And so I guess walking and talking for me is just um, a framework in, in which that process is, is heightened. It's like the, the within this framework of talking continuously about nothing other than talking slash thinking, um, doing it you know for a long period it just <laughs> increases the, the number of opportunities for me to become disidentified with my thoughts Just, you know, just that I'm, I'm limiting the scope of my activity for this period. But at the same time, you know, because I, I'm not like, I'm not really interacting with the world in any way other than, well, I, I mean, I am walking around, so. So I'm, you know, continuing to be in the world. But, you know, I'm kind of limiting my mode of interaction with the world, at least my, any cognitive interaction, to, to just expressing my thoughts verbally. And I'm recording them with the knowledge that they will be public. And so, you know, that knowledge that they will become public <coughs> does Im impose some form of, some form of self-consciousness upon this activity. Not, not necessarily that, like, anxious, judgmental, like, judging myself as a person kind of self-consciousness, but just like, uh, or, or maybe just kind of, kind of awareness. Um, that an awareness that everything that I say and the way that I think and say is going to be in some way transmitted to many people. And so there is kind of an extra motivation impetus to <clears throat> to think in a way that's not, that's just not harmful, you know? And hopefully that's in some way, if not helpful, at least possibly relevant to many people. And so that's why I avoid 
really, you know, person talking about personal stuff. Even though some people seem to want me to talk about my personal life. Uh, and, you know, I'm starting to maybe understand the desire for that. Like we want to, we just want to, you know, we just want to like relate to each other uh, as people and so some people want to know, you know, just details. about my life that would, you know, maybe that's like helpful for people to relate to me as a person, but I, uh, I'm, I'm doing things this way just because I kind of, I kind of prefer relating in this way that's kind of, um, it's like, it's almost like more, it's like almost more intimate than, than the personal. It's like more, for me, it's like more introspective than the personal level. It's like deeper than the personal level. It's not, a, because, you know, the, the, the details of my life right now are just abstractions. They're, they're abstract thoughts that form, you know, my identity But, you know, many times I, I find that to be a limiting. It feels like a, you know, and, and, and just like a limited form of truth, actually, you know, to say like, I live here, like, you know, where do you live? I live here. What, what do you do? I do this and that. Um, where are you from? I'm, I'm from there. Uh, there's some kind of truth to that, but the, they are they are really mental abstractions outside of <clears throat> this present experience. And um, and to be honest, um, for much, for, for much of my just experience in the world, uh, and in social interactions with people, it seems like conversation often stays limited in these abstractions. Um, and and I don't feel that comfortable in that. But you know, when I now even even now when I'm talking about that, even that now is an abstraction. I'm noticing myself feel 
uncomfortable with that now. I feel uncomfortable with my own thought activity of 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 illustrating this abstraction of my own identity as being a person who's generally uncomfortable with conventional social interaction because he finds it <clears throat> overly abstracted and limiting but you know then I'm, I'm engaging in that very activity by saying that but you know so essentially essentially here I am walking and talking and just expressing expressing my experience and for for one for one, you know I, I don't even I don't really feel it doesn't feel important to me to to talk about why because talking about why means that I'm 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 you know referencing another abstraction outside of this present experience about you know my quote unquote like normal life and like what I might feel is like lacking from my normal life what might be lacking from typical interaction and you know that's that's like to to do that to 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 come up with this to state this this idea about what my normal life is like you know and 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 you know creating this idea of my normal life outside of of this experience now <clears throat> and to to kind of like typify uh or you know like generalize like what my interaction with others is generally like feels would feel untruthful and and would feel like I'm I'm actually um, I'm actually just creating the the type of thinking that that I would be denouncing in that very statement the very statement of of denouncing a certain type of interaction a certain type of thinking a certain type of being in the world and that denouncement in fact would actually be an act of manifesting those qualities now here and now do you know what I mean It's like by by thinking about that I bring it into being 
when whereas like if I if I am not uh like I, I like that's that, that's like that's like a reality that I am like my mind would be creating and like right now I I have the freedom to exist in this reality in which there's really nothing to complain about at all. I really, you know, I really can't complain about anything right now. In fact, I, you know, I'm having this experience of, of, I'm having this experience of what I could call uh, freedom and beauty. But of course, you know, <clears throat> even even when I, even if I. Even if I'm, you know, manifest that, you know, manifest this right now, like freedom and beauty as concepts really, or like, you know, ways of, ways of categorizing my experience. It, you know, it's kind of creating some categories of experience. freedom and beauty and and whatever things I think about those things and whatever things you think about those things whatever associations you make with those <clears throat> um, you know st still I have the option now not to create those categories because you know also you know creating those categories you know that's that's also engaging in the behavior of, of categorizing experience and that's not always positive but you know here here I am here I am just thinking thinking about categorizing experience and, and thinking about a ways that I that it could be a negative thing, you know, and I'm, I'm, you know, continuing to, continuing to allow this dichotomy to, to persist in my mind. Although I, I, I do feel a detachment from it. But, you know, continuously, like everything that I say, I, I, I say it and then I, I notice the limitation to it. Like even when I talk about detachment detachment from a, a categorizing mindset even even the idea of detachment brings along with it it it, uh, it, it rests upon a dualistic way of thinking 
and that there's a thing to be attached to and then there's like an, another another world outside of it um, which you know that has some truth but then there's there's another truth word where neither of those things uh, have any substance Yeah, still, I mean, once again, I'm kind of like almost, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm almost shocked again about how I continue to have nothing to say, but I'm free to keep saying things. And knowing that everything that I say is is merely a continuation of the last thing I say, either continuation or reaction, however you want to think about it, and that each each idea has its own limitation and it's it's uh, as 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 much relative truth that it has, it has the same amount of of relative falsehood, and the you know. I, I say it as a relative truth in relation to the last thing that I said, you know, to continue this process of, of truth finding. And then once I say it, the its its relative falsehood becomes apparent to me. And so it propels the next thought because there I'm I'm you know I'm being propelled towards truth in this process each each time falsehood becomes apparent, it 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 pushes or pu you know it pushes me towards the next the the relative truth that's necessary to uh, to continue existing in truth. You know, to to not not rest in any kind of uh, like partial truth or or falsehood. it's like all, all the truth is partial but that's because it's like you know it's even, even like this notion of truth whatsoever you know is dependent on this on like a uh, some kind of static reality But you know, every every reality is like vanishes as as quick as it forms. Uh, 
And so it's like, I continue to talk as if to try and, you know, keep keeping up with reality, if that's possible. Like just, like whatever I say, you know, I hope is as truthful as possible in the moment that I say it. And then in the next moment, it's gone and there's a different truth that's relevant to this moment. Um, but, you know, this is, that's just, seems so clear as to be completely unnoteworthy. Uh, familiar aspect of life so much so that you know there's never never really any reason to think about it it's it's just so familiar there's this uh, you know time passing but 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 again you know that's that itself is an abstraction that um, this this process like for me renders it clear as an abstraction time passing seemingly in a, in a way that a lot of other activities don't seem to do like for for whatever reason you know just i guess my like my trajectory in life like this this happens to be the the activity wherein wherein the passage of time uh, is revealed most clearly as 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 a as you know a kind of falsehood a kind of false abstraction You know, truthfully, I, I, it's like I can think of the other components in my life where that's not true, where it's like time is like real and it's it's passing, and I have to. Well, there's some kind of worm swimming around in there. There's some little worm or like a leech or something swimming in there. That's crazy. I don't know if you can see that. Oh, there's another one. Oh, there's several of them. Are these leeches? You have to, I don't know if you can see this, but like beneath the surface of this water, there's like many little wiggly lines, like little, just, whoa. I think those are like leeches or some kind of, some kind of worm or something like that. Maybe if I stick my foot in, they'll all come attach themselves to my skin. Like this, 
like even even you know this experience right now in in some ways uh is completely dependent on my understanding time as a a real thing that that I'm moving through in a linear direction and I had to do very many, you know, all these specific things, go to these specific places and do these specific things at specific times in order to be here right now. And, and also to, to even be engaged in the activity that I'm engaged in. Sorry for, sorry for saying engaged again. That's just like, kind of a superfluous word most of the time just like activity that I'm doing that's all I mean well like you know here I am having this experience that you know in in a in a logical way I know is dependent on behaving in in the world uh while you know experiencing time as a, a real a real and concrete aspect of reality but the experience that is happening right now in the experience now uh that's not my reality so much um, I mean, here I am again. Maybe I lost the train of thought, or I just, uh... allowed myself to kind of maybe drop some of the momentum of talking, is all. 
you know, thinking continues, I think. Or was I thinking? In the time, yeah, I think I was thinking. I'm probably, I'm pretty sure I was. You know, you don't always notice sometimes. So I want, you know, I wonder like, in my conception of this video up till now, which, you know, as I say that, it, that itself like, feels like, why do, why do we need to, why do we need to really talk about, um, that's, you know, imaginary stretch of time. You know, when we have this moment in which to do, do something, but you know, we have this we have this moment in which to think, and you know, we're in a unique position of being able to think whatever we want without really. There's no immediate real-world concerns that we have to think about right now. That's that's maybe part of the, the beauty of this process. Uh, there's no like immediate practical things that we have to think about. But, and so it gives us a certain freedom to think, but I still feel, you know, I feel like necessarily oriented towards thinking in, in a way that is, you know, hopefully as relevant as possible to the world. But relative to it, relevant to, I guess I could say like either, you know, in one sense, more uh, universal issues, you know, um, maybe maybe the most fun, the most universal issue of all being just like, you know, consciousness. Because, you know, that's, that's like the, the fundamental, that's the fundamental, the fundamental aspect of reality of which there, there's no, there is no other issue without having the basis, you know, of consciousness. And, uh, you know, even, even if we want to, even if we want to imagine reality without consciousness, you know, we have to make an abstraction. We have to, we have to have an imaginary reality in which 
consciousness doesn't exist and to have to have that imaginary reality we have to have consciousness and not only that we have to have a level of complexity of consciousness or I mean a level maybe maybe consciousness itself uh, is a thing that's independent of complexity but we have to have a certain sophistication of mind even to be able to imagine anything and then you know a yet another even high, much higher level of sophistication to imagine something as abstract as a reality without consciousness and in a very real way a reality without consciousness exists only in our minds which are you know are something that's within consciousness like consciousness is I, I I'll dare to say necessary for reality to exist at all and I'll go further to to and 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 venture to say that consciousness is more fundamental than anything else in reality that the rest of reality is created by consciousness it's within consciousness that consciousness is the most ultimate aspect the most fundamental aspect of reality And so, in the scope of things to talk about, you know, or like, you know, in the, in the question of things to talk about, I'm like, if we have the option, why not think about and talk about that, as opposed to um, any of the other issues that are, that, you know, have a much, have, have a much more limited scope of relevance because they, they are all just you know fragments of that fundamental issue of consciousness talk about you know large scale things like that you know when, when we're kind of like addressing or at least for me trying to address reality in the in the in the broadest way possible or or most direct way possible kind of it kind of follows that 
terms of time we were thinking about we're thinking about the the long scale here well th this is weird because you know in one sense in terms of time like this is this couldn't be more immediate you know i'm just keep talking about the, my most immediate the most immediate experience that i can perceive but at the same time you know this this fundamental experience that i'm that I'm orienting my thought towards, that I'm, you know, generally talking about as, as directly as I can. In a way, in some way, is timeless in that that's the thing that that like you know has existed and will continue to exist you know at least well i mean we, we i can at least say for for sure that most other things that i can talk about have a much more limited temporal span you know, issues, talking about issues that, that, uh, in, you know, ex ex issues like, like, that are a little bit more of an abstraction from my present experience in the world today. Um, that, that kind of arise and go away. But that the uh, like the like the 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 basis for those for all of those you know temporary issues you know, like the uh, you know topical topical concerns current events. the aspects of mind and consciousness that all those things depend upon those things don't those things don't seem to go away you know and how long they have lasted and how long they will last uh, is really dependent on how how we define what it is we're talking about consciousness like is it if it's specifically human consciousness in the form that we are familiar with then you know how long it existed is depends on you know wherever you however you categorize it 
however you draw however you draw the definition of it where you draw the circle around what human consciousness is like when you know when when were we evolutionarily speaking when were we human and you know evolutionarily speaking like how long will we continue to be human or how long will or or you know when's where do you draw the line and if one you know con concedes evolution and if you're someone who you know doesn't believe in evolution then uh, then we then then you and I have you know a whole whole lot of whole lot of distance between our worldviews and I, I don't imagine that you would be someone who takes a takes a liking you know like finds any finds much resonance in this video I would imagine so I, I imagine if you're someone who does watch this video uh, then you're then you're probably someone who for whom evolution is an, a uh, component of your worldview of uh, of of your your abstract ideas of how things happened before and how they will happen in the future. So uh, assuming assuming we agree about that then we probably agree that it's somewhat arbitrary where we draw the line between what's human and not you know that's it's that's a you know just a conceptual distinction that is you know you know placed over top of of a reality with that's infinitely more complex and so the the same thing is true of of what consciousness is you know there's like there's there is an unbroken continuity between the human species and its and its you know other primate ancestors and and from there from you know simpler mammals and then from there you know like the uh the uh proto mammals and the more reptile-like uh, animals that 
that predated mammals that that uh, evolved into mammals and you know increasingly increasingly less uh, sophisticated organisms you know until you get down to single cell celled organisms and until you get down to like proto organisms and then, and then to the point where you just you get to uh, you know down to just like lifeless earth and like this you know acid sea or whatever it was where there wasn't life as we know it you know and there's you know there's there's unbroken continuity between that inanimate world and life as we know it the human species as we know it So if you if you grant that which in my mind is is in my mind it's kind of incontrovertible is that is that the the word it's undeniable that there is is no uh, distinct line between what's animate and what's not both temporally speaking in terms of the evolution of life as well as uh, even just like physically speaking uh, here and now like you know there's like the hair in my head that's like you know a continuation of my body and there's my fingernails that are a continuation of my body but like you know I can peel off a fingernail and throw it in the dirt is it still part of my body is it still alive is it alive or dead there's the you know food that I eat if I eat like a cracker you know a cracker is not alive but then you know the components of that cracker become part of my body which we do say is alive and so, you know, like, the, uh, along with there being unbroken continuity between life and inanimate matter, both temporally and geographically here and now, you know, stretching, you know, both in, in both space and time dimensions, you know, like in, in, a, in, in a broad sense, like evolutionary speaking over time, there's un, unbroken continuity between the worlds before consciousness and life existed to now and 
in the future we don't you know we don't exactly know what's going to happen but we can know that 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 there is continuity there's temporal continuity between now and whatever happens in the future and then when i when i say geographically i just mean like or or physically here and now i just mean like between you know between my mind and the things that i that my mind perceives there's unbroken continuity and i would even go further in saying that 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 both my mind and what it perceives both of both of those things subject and an object if you if you want to put it that way are dependent on this are 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 both dependent upon perception it's like the the we you know i only they i only think about them as being separate as i i think about them being like two two sides of perception like my mind on one side of perception and then the object on the other side of perception being linked by perception but not only linked by perception they're they're not separate than perception and they're not separate from each other like like even even this idea of perception is is only it only exists insofar as we think of the subject and the object as being separate like perception only exists to the extent that we think of mind and what the mind perceives as being separate and even when we use the word consciousness when i say the word consciousness it's it's just it's really just um it's really just creating creating a dichotomy between you know between between what we think of as consciousness and what we think of as like the rest of the world that consciousness perceives And, and 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 maybe it's not maybe it's not just that but it's it's maybe that like you know how I was talking about perception as, as being uh really you know perception is is a concept that we have that's that is only necessary to to relink these two separate these two separate concepts that we've had of like 
subject and object of interior and exterior which you know if we if we if we don't if we don't allow if, you know if we don't like if we don't like keep if we don't maintain uh these notions of interior and exterior in my mind in our minds then there's no need to maintain this idea of of perception like if you if you just kind of like like let go of all three of those things at once it it they become like all you know just one one whole kind of wondering if, if conscious consciousness might be along the same lines as as how I'm describing perception now if if consciousness is not just an idea that we have that we we insert as like a kind of wedge between self and other between interior and exterior like uh and the the concept of consciousness just <clears throat> yeah being like uh kind of a, a byproduct of the notion of self and and along with the notion of self then we have the notion of not self of other And so what 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 we need to you know like why why would there be two you know why would there be in in reality why would there be why would there be a self and an other you know that's like a, a, a really big question like why are you your why are you yourself you know why are you who you are and like why why are you not somebody else you know like if there's there's these billions of people in the world like how how come how come your how come your consciousness like only happened in you and it didn't happen in somebody else you know like why why am i why is this consciousness like here in this particular body in this particular situation like here and now like, why did this consciousness get born into this body that, you know, came from my mom and dad uh, in a particular place at a particular time? And, like, why not somebody else? Uh, and, and why did all these particular consciousnesses, you know, arise, like, specifically where they did? So, like, there's, you know, that's like, that's like a big glaring problem but then but then but it's not really a problem and, and I'll explain why um, but th there, so there's that problem but then like even more fundamental to, 
to that like it's like why why would there be uh separate a separate self you know like what like how is there like how is there like a me here and then like a not me there like and like why would there be two you know why would there be this why like why would there be this difference between like the interior and exterior like within a reality <clears throat> and I think that the truth is that there there isn't there's not two and then and like the question of like why is there consciousness is is actually is actually the same question as consciousness like implies implies a, a separate thing to be conscious of something else it implies one to be conscious of other of the other so it's like the idea of consciousness implies separateness and implies uh, you know two or at least two if not billions but like I was saying about about perception it's 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 kind of the same it's like Like, self is is at one end of consciousness, and then the world is at the other end of consciousness, and and we we consciousness is the idea that we have that that links them together. That like you know, I am conscious of the world. But it's actually, you know, I, it's like, I am just one, I am, it's not consciousness is a link between the two things. It's like, I am one, I, you know, I, insofar that I exist is a concept that is, uh, that is, that is a part of consciousness. That is, uh, that is, that is one end of consciousness. And then the world is the is the other end of consciousness. There's just like consciousness is like a coin, and then like I am one side of the coin, and then the world is the other side of the coin. But really, there's there's just that coin that like is everything. And so, like, it's it, it would be equivalent of saying, like, you know, talking about these three things as as separate entities, as like, you know, you take, uh, it would be like talking about a, a coin in terms of like, like the oak leaves, like there's an oak leaf, and then and there's. There's, there's an oak leaf, like that's the world, and there's the five euro cents is me, and then and then in between those there's this uh, thickness thickness of copper, 
or whatever it is that is consciousness and so it's as if like you're going to the store and and you're like how much is this and and or like they give you give you you know five cents and change and they're like okay here's five euro cents here's an oak leaf and here's uh and here here's five cents here's your oak leaf and here's here's your thickness of copper as kind of in the equivalent to to how we generally think about consciousness selves and other So in, in that sense, it doesn't seem to me like it kind of doesn't seem to me like that that like um, the world and consciousness ha are, are limited to a time span I mean you know certainly the earth and certainly humans you know th th those are you know those are classifications of matter really um, that definitely have a limited time span that will they will both come to end, so like you know, the entire planet will come to an end once the once it gets swallowed up by the sun in I think about five billion years. 
as I've, I've mentioned in previous episodes. But you know, those those are those are just those are categories of matter. Um, those are products of our own of our minds. They're they're abstractions of fundamental reality of of matter itself. Um, Whether that's limited to a time span is seems to be some some debate about. Uh, I can't say that I'm up on the, the latest theories. But I, I do think that it is possible, you know, it's possible with the, with merely just the, the tool of, of, uh, of thought and, and, and consciousness that we have available to us to, to come to uh, a real kind of truth about The nature of reality in a, a deep enough way where we can we can say something about like if time is limited or if or if it is infinite or uh, is it even is it even real? So like, you know, life as we know it will certainly come to an end, but you know, that's, that's, that's like, that means that that's just like the, the limitation of our own thinking about life. You know, that's like the limitation of our, of a cat, of a category of matter that we've created. Uh, really a, a category of the organization of matter, a category of a certain pattern that uh, that we we agree we have kind of collectively agreed falls under the classification of life. You know, when when a piece of matter is uh, moving through the world in a particular form in relation to other matter we say that it is alive and when it's when it's not fitting within our within our classification then we say it's inanimate
but you know all our all our classifications are you know our whole system of thought our whole uh system of, of organizing the world in our minds that's certainly temporary and I think that you know we, we can observe you know even in this video it's, it's pretty, like, demonstrable that, you know, A, a the passage of time is a, a product of, is a product of our specific type of, of human consciousness, and it's a product of, uh, it, it, it is an abstraction that's superimposed on reality. And, you know, uh, I've talked about that a lot so far, and maybe I'll, I'll talk about that more if it's, if it's not so clear. And uh, B, actually, I can't remember if I even said A yet or not. Well, that was A if I didn't say it already. But it's, it's funny if I didn't say A, but then I said, now I'm saying B. B, um, it's demonstrable, you know, just even even just within this video, that uh, that consciousness itself is also um, is is also uh, a kind of abstraction that 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 we have as like. as a byproduct of our, you know, our, our, our division of self and other that we, we kind of, is, is actively being created by our minds. I mean, and I mean active, because, you know, there are, it's been proven uh, scientifically that, like, there, there's a very, there's a pretty complex, you know, Um, cooperation of several regions of the brain uh, I believe like chiefly the superior parietal lobe um, and some other other parts of the brain that are like actively involved in creating the sense of separateness of the of the body of the mind versus uh, the exterior and you know sign in, in scientific studies like in case studies where there's people with brain damage to the superior parietal lobe like those patients have um, they can't really just if they're sitting in a chair they can't really distinguish between the, their body and the chair and then similarly like when they've you know monitored the brain activity of meditating monks and nuns um, that region of the brain goes dormant in moments when the the monk or nun like 
will will uh, attest to having you know felt a profound connectedness with with everything that is you know and so it's like there's there's active parts of our brains like uh, actively like putting putting up this um, this art of this this notion of of separateness and like the uh, consciousness that is just a concept that we we need in order to like connect those to make sense of this uh this two that we have in our mind this two there's self and there's the world and we need consciousness as a concept to like make sense of those two and to 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 like uh, to define the relationship between these two that we've created that are in fact one and so um, you know certainly the idea this idea of consciousness will go away as you know as human human life as we know it goes away or changes or whatever But, you know, like, that concept will go away, but the reality that it's superimposed on is not going to go away. Like, uh, you know, along with, along with, you know, along with the notion of time disappearing, like, time is also an abstraction, like, superimposed on reality by this, you know, the, the very like specific like uh, mind that humans have that we have you know and m maybe some animals too have uh, less less sophisticated uh, notions of time humans I, I think have the most sophisticated notion of time that we know of and it, that's been like a very key component to us having uh, evolved this uh, this the sophisticated civilization that we have is this uh, uh, you know ability to to think abstractly about time and and uh, deep time to to be able to think about things far in the past and far in the future and kind of in, in an abstract way but you know like that will change and go away 
but the reality that yeah the the reality that it is superimposed upon will not but it's even funny for me to 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 talk about it in that way because i'm i'm still using the abstraction of time to talk about this like when i say that it will not it's it's kind of really what i'm just saying is that like that uh that i'm basically just saying like reality exists which is like you know obviously something that doesn't really need to be said And so like, in a way, like, uh, as an individual, you can take some comfort in, in uh, knowing that, um, well, I don't know if you can really take comfort, but like, if it's like, if you're, if your experience feels burdensome to you in any way like you can know that 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 burden will go away um, but then like at the same at the same time like At the same time, whatever whatever you're like excited about and happy about, like in life, of course, you know. But you know, this all of this is is really like kind of like beside the point, anyways. Um, like even even talking about like happiness and unhappiness is is kind of like beside the point. When we get rid of this, uh, this no, when, when we like loosen the attachment to uh, this notion of like time passing in a linear fashion and 
um, self and other being two discrete entities that are that are joined by consciousness and uh, and we we gain some awareness of like the the whole that um, encompasses all of that. It's like all of the other problems um, become so insignificant. Like we just, we realize that the like, the relativity of all these problems. So like, you know, when I do this, when I when I walk and talk, uh, like this is that this is that space. Where all these problems get put into to perspective. To, you know, to the extent that they are, they are no longer problems. And uh, it doesn't mean that, uh, of, of course it doesn't mean that even... Um, it's not that this, this, you know, state that I'm in right now is permanent. Uh, it's not that it's permanent, but it is... It is timeless. Like, it's, you know, like, this gives me access to a type of, to, it gives me, like, access to the, like, the base of, the, the, the more, the more fundamental base of my consciousness that is timeless and, like, almost, I, I don't know if I don't I can't say for sure if I'm like completely in touch with the uh, the base level of my consciousness that uh, is so deep that it transcends uh, even my body and mind like the the consciousness that well okay I'm 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 making error in my speech now but like the consciousness that existed before I was born and continues after I die that is always here and this walking and talking generally puts me in in closer contact with that it's it like strengthens my connection with that but but even also like That's the kind of kind of like more more subtle consciousness that's that's like I can definitely I can definitely feel like 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 this gives me access to 
whatever, like some form of consciousness, some level of consciousness that it, that is timeless. That is like it. Uh, it's able to. It's able to observe the passage of time as as. As, as like not not being like inherently real not like fundamentally real but like being created by the mind and and so like it's timeless but it's not permanent because like the idea of permanence is is, is also something that like that rests upon uh, the linear notion of time, like the idea of something permanent, uh, means that like it's it's here now and it's going to continue like into the f future, into the foreseeable future, uh, in w like within our concept of linear time. And so, of course, like you know, this walking talking episode is not permanent. Uh, you know, it's, I, I know it's going to be four hours long and then that I will, you know, go, go back into like, and do other things <clears throat> and I'll, I'll, I'll no doubt be thinking about more practical, uh, immediate concerns, um, you know, or like what becomes immediate to me will be like more practical concerns, like eating food and uh, taking care of myself and other people and um, you know necessities of, of life or, well it's it's maybe even a little bit of a stretch to actually call this necessities or even to call life necessary And so, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to always um, be operating purely in this mode of, of, of thinking of time as being only abstract, you know, but uh, it, is, it is likely that I'll remain attracted to this mode of thinking and that like maybe it maybe it strengthens maybe it happens more often you know and I and, and of course I'm, I'm talking now in, in like kind of conventional conventional temporal terms of like you know more often like more often that's that's like another like the idea of often is another abstraction that's like founded upon the abstraction of linear time. But, you know, of course, like, all of these abstractions, like, they, they, they're not just a, they're not just, uh, like, some kind of mistake, you know? Like, as I said before, like, they, they're, they're necessary for not only us to survive as individuals, but our, but for our society to survive in the way that it does. 
and it's it's one of the most important things that just that makes us makes the human species different from any other animal species and that we have developed such a sophisticated abstraction of time and we rely on it very heavily in order to uh, operate this civilization that we operate uh, which makes so many lives possible you know the civilization that we have has you know has is, is the necessary precondition for the seven billion people that exist on the world today and the billions more that will exist later And so like, you know, it's no mistake. And on to the contrary, it's it's uh like that that con that conventional uh consciousness, this logical consciousness. You know, thinking about time like we have today, we have tomorrow, going to work tomorrow and the next day and in in you know in like 30 years I'll I'll be much I'll be 30 years older and my my body will have will be uh, kind of starting to deteriorate and um, like if I have a, if I have a baby now it'll be an adult in in 20 years and and so on and so forth and like if I if I build a house now then I will be able to inhabit it and most you know I'll most likely be able to inhabit it and reap the benefits of it for many years in the future etc and like you know cooperating with like we, we cooperate every day with like more people than we even can think about And you know that that relies heavily on our notions of time. And so, like, uh, even this, like, this kind of like the this mode of thinking that that I'm having, where I'm I'm able to kind of see through the abstraction of time, in in a way, is is also dependent on it. Like this, like. Well, like what uh, this like post post conventional way of thinking is like couldn't arise if the conventional way of thinking hadn't arised, hadn't arisen. And you know, like yeah, just like my life to for me to continue my living my life, like I have to rely on 
the abstraction of time and to the extent that I do that it's it's it in some ways it's not an abstraction it's real um, you know from this from this privileged perspective and I, I don't I'm not talking about I'm not talking about privilege in like some kind of like socio-economic uh, identity politics way uh, although like you can you can apply that if you want to um, I mean that's like certainly one one component of uh, this reality but it, but I don't think it but uh, not I don't think the uh, as important of a component that many people seem to be giving it um, I, I say that this privileged perspective in that like here I am able to to walk and talk for a four-hour duration without having to without having to think about the uh, you know the practical conditions of my life continuing and you know that's that is that is privilege and uh, certainly certainly as socioeconomic and identity factors can play a part in that I'll, I'll admit um, it's true but then but then uh, I there I, I don't draw any uh, moralistic conclusions from that Um, but what I was getting at is that, you know, this, this perspective that I have now is created by, is allowed for by, you know, the practical thinking about my life, you know, spend very much of my life thinking about the practical concerns about it. And from that perspective, that stuff is very real. Time is real. Passing time is real. And you have to pay attention to it and work with it in order to uh, create opportunities like this uh, in order to, to be able to see beyond it. getting hotter and hotter.
took my scarf off for a moment, and then I then I saw this other guy wearing a scarf. And I thought he looked so fashionable that I should I should keep my scarf on for fashion reasons. I feel a little bit a little bit too warm, but if I take my jacket off, I might feel too cold. I guess to uh, to say something a little bit more about uh, the fact that uh, socioeconomic and identity factors are components of are are, are part of. Or, or, or I should say, rather, are like they are categories of thinking that uh, you can you you can factor into uh, what makes this experience possible, or they they are they are like they are. Aspects of reality, and they are aspects of, of, of this reality. But them them being aspects of this reality, uh, it doesn't it doesn't follow that there uh, is a, a a moral argument. Uh, against this reality, I guess. And I only feel the, the need to say that because uh, it seems it seems like often uh, people people decide to reject. reject a certain aspect of reality um, or or to reject um, ideas outright um, based upon the notion that um, that like the the economy has any connection to those ideas which is ridiculous or or even that, that that history has any connection to those ideas like 
um, it's true that it's true that um, kind of like all of history had to happen in order for uh, this moment to happen and included in that is is uh, many things happened that many things have happened many things have happened in in history that um, that we would we would really reject if they were happening today and and then we look back in the past and we say we say that they were wrong and from our current from our current um, moral perspective or, or ethical perspective and and from our current worldview it's true that they they are wrong now um, and and also you know things that things have happened in the past that from a moral standpoint like we could we could judge that they were wrong then um, And you know all of those things kind of had to happen. Well, it's like they 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 happened, and they're they are they're all components of like that the present moment has unbroken continuity with like our, the present our present reality has an unbroken continuity with uh, everything that's happened in the past. Um, but many people seem to take that as, as a, a reason to, to reject present reality. Um, it's like looking back at the past and like being like I, you know like i i uh i reject that past like i reject that that happened and because um because today's reality uh is continuous with that past like i now have to reject present reality uh in in a way that in a way that doesn't um, allow us to actually work with present reality and, and uh, you know kind of makes having makes uh, it kind of hinders like having having a, a, a positive engagement with present reality But you know, this is I'm 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 finding that I'm, this isn't even really like necessary or, or important to talk about because like even even as I do that, as even as I I talk about this, I'm I'm kind of like uh, rejecting and and uh, I'm I'm create I'm both creating mentally. A category of behavior and, and simultaneously rejecting it 
Um, and here I am in a place where I, I don't have to create that category. I don't have to create that reality. There's a silence here and I was just thinking Wow, it's, it's interesting how like I was thinking about how um, Happy I was to be how happy I am to be doing this right now, but um, Then I kind of then I kind of noticed how Embedded embedded in that thought of like being happy to be doing this like uh, is this other were other thoughts about like other things that I that uh, have made me unhappy or like doing doing other things that like lead to more of an unhappy state and like kind of comparing the two <clears throat> and And I'm kind of wondering, like, is the, are those other unhappy states like kind of necessary to create this notion of happiness? But like, uh, the but but now I'm thinking like, this thought of being happy to be doing this is it's kind of like is limiting in that it's limiting in that it's it's like if I think like I'm happy to be doing this, like I'm only kind of acknowledging one half of a certain um, dichotomy that exists in me, like a kind of emotional dichotomy of like uh, a feeling, you know, like, and it, it, feeling like attractiveness, attracted to the uh, this activity, this, which um, in my mind is, is also, it's also a concept, you know, I, I have a, there's like a, a conceptual framework of what I'm doing now and then I and I have to I have to be maintaining that conceptual framework in order to to say categorically that I am happy to be operating in this framework and then uh, necessarily I also have to be considering the alternatives and feeling and like kind of rejecting them mentally like creating a mental category of the other things that I could be doing or the other things that I sometimes do that um, that I feel unhappy about 
or that or that leads me to its feeling unhappy or or something like that um but in in reality like the emotion that i feel is is not like really in that it's not really like one side of that dichotomy it's like kind of both both exist like as in like you know this this thought of being happy to be doing this like depends upon it, it depends on upon me like holding this abstraction of doing the other thing and and then like having having a negative emotion in association with the abstraction that I'm holding about other things I can be doing and then having a positive emotion in association with the abstraction that I have about what I'm doing now like you know what you know this present experience that I'm having is infinitely more complex than the conception the conceptual framework that I am placing upon it as well as this conceptual abstraction of the of the other activity of what lies outside this framework and what what might lie within other abstract frameworks that I'm creating with my head and you know all of all of that all of that categorization is happening here and now and then I'm like attached then I'm then I'm kind of like subdividing my my emotional physical state and like um, attaching like these these like superficially separate emotions to the uh, superficially separate categories of activity And so like, uh, like more closer to the truth is like, to the complexity of the truth would be, would be really not to talk about emotions with these labels of like happy or unhappy. There's, it's like just there, there's this experience right now and then there's like, there's my physiological and mental experience going on it and that's kind of, that's kind of all. Well, it's, it's, it's not really all, but. But in, in some ways like, In some ways, like these ideas of like, I like doing this and I don't like doing that. Uh, while our our um, 
important in one sense of um, of of creating our conception of ourselves, you know, creating my conception of myself. Um, from from like from a higher perspective, uh, it's limiting and 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 almost you could almost say like violent to 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 say a fact like. I'm really happy to be doing this right now, like, um, I don't know, maybe not necessarily, maybe that's a little harsh, but Because I, I, I do think that like that saying something like I'm happy to be doing this right now is like um, hidden hidden within that is so like you know you know it's fine to be like to be saying like my my physiological experience right now is pleasant. My emotional state is is pleasant or something. Um, I'll just I'll just say like my physio physiological state is is pleasant, and then like when I talk about emotions, um, that's a little bit more like kind of trying to like fragment and categorize aspects of my physiological state. And you know when I say like, so like that's 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 like what's involved in the statement like I'm happy. Um, and then when I talk about when we when we add the like to be doing this right now, it's like uh, that that involves also like a, a a kind of like reductive conception of like what exactly am I doing right now. You know, it's like creating a category, actively maintaining a category of what I'm doing right now, and it's true. I do that. I, 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 I maintain this this uh, conceptual framework of walking, talking for four hours, uh, and I re repeat that. But like, that is that is still, even if even if I do that, it's still a conceptual framework that is superimposed on experience like present experience like fun, like more fundamental to like that idea of what i'm doing right now like there is just this like experience So like, 
in that statement, like I'm happy to be doing this right now, like that, like uh, there exists this, there's a, a, a linkage between like pleasant physiological state and abstract concept of what it is I'm doing right now. And, and then, and then implied by that is, is the inverse of, of um, a concept of something else, another abstract concept of activity that's like, you know, uh, applied to, um, applied to a, a, a distant uh, temporal, you know, a distant time. And then, and then, and, and uh, attaching like an unpleasant physiological experience to that. And, but I think that like, when you do that, it's like, I think to some extent, like, like, Maybe we like ad admit that unpleasantness like into our bodies again, you know? By like, you know, think about another time that we have in, in which we have a negative association. Like we, when we have, uh, we have a, a memory of a category of experience or it could be just a memory of a particular experience and and a memory of having an unpleasant physiological experience at that at the same time and and then we feel an aversion to that experience and to some extent I, I think that like we probably to, to some extent re you know re-experience that unpleasantness like physiological physiologically and like I, I think I maybe like experienced that a little bit like a few minutes ago when or I said when I was thinking you know I'd stopped talking for a minute there's like a silence in which I was thinking like I'm really happy to be doing this right now like and and uh and I think then, like, right after, I was like, well, in comparison to what? And then, like, uh, these thoughts about all these, you know, other past experiences of, like, feeling all these unpleasant emotions. These unpleasant physiological experiences. And maybe, like, maybe it's not even necessary, really, to, to add physiological, just, like, unpleasant experience, like whether you know like the physical and the mental like combined but then like you know feeling a little bit of that unpleasantness as i remember that um as i make that comparison and, and so it's like and so i'm i'm like why not just like let go of that that duality, that dichotomy of 
of trying to like to like uh, you know fragment and and separate like the different components of this experience into like it's like like, like fragmenting them into like like um, present experience and then and then like uh, the other which which the other like is my it's like my memory of a different experience which like in actuality is a component of my present experience like the 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 remembering of another experience and the the categorization of it into a type of experience and and the association of it with unpleasant experience is all um, those are all things that I'm actively doing in the present they're all they're all present here and now they're all components of this present experience they're components of this present experience but I'm trying but it's like my mind is trying to fragment them as being other and then trying to fragment like whatever whatever pleasantness I experience as as being like the real the real uh, experience now um, surely there is there's there's certainly there's certainly um, a very important functionality to that of course it's like why would you you know you don't want to keep doing things that make you unhappy and then you know like but it does that doesn't always sometimes that backfires you know we want to do things that make us happy but it's like uh that that tempts that kind of like doesn't work a lot of times when you try to repeat you try to repeat a thing that made you happy it's like it doesn't work every time and uh you repeat it enough it starts to make you unhappy you know like eating ice cream etc you eat ice cream in one moment and feels pleasant and then uh you you can't just maintain that pleasantness by continuing to eat ice cream and uh by the time you eat enough ice cream in, in one day you it'll make you feel distinctly unpleasant And conversely, like doing like one certain if you feel unpleasantness uh, during one particular activity, it doesn't necessarily mean that doing that activity is always going to make you feel bad. In in many cases, it might actually eventually make you feel good, like working or studying or like meditating or exercising or something it's like uh you know like, we just have to notice that like 
the, the, the state that we are in at any moment is not necessarily like inextricably linked to the category of activity that we're doing at that time. Notice I, I uh, resisted the urge to say engaged with that time. But that's where, you know, that's where our conventional uh, logic is very important. Um, it's, 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 um, it's like our abstraction of logic and time is what allows us to know that if we only keep eating ice cream, that we're not going to feel good in the future because of it. And it's going to make us feel worse in the future. And it's like, uh, it's necessary, like that conventional, con that conventional logic and sense of time, sense of deep time is, is really essential for, uh, for us to, to like, um, maintain ourselves and maintain our, our well-being in, in the face of like, um, a, a lower, a lower like level of of consciousness is is like uh, only slave to like what like the the physiological like just the the sensorial like if you are um, an animal with a much less sophisticated mind then like <clears throat> it's like the things that the things that feel physiologically pleasant are the things that. Um, that 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 lead to your survival and reproduction, you know, like basically like eating and having sex, uh, and in our in our human world, in this civilization, and just as individuals. Um, those things are, are, are no longer linked like totally you know but it's like those that those uh, you know this has been talked about so much about like uh, with our, our modern society um, Our, you know, physiological responses to, to sensory stimulus, like such as, you know, our appetites, our food, drugs, sex, just pleasure, you know, uh, was evolved for a different type of world than the one we have now. And so uh, now we need a lot of mental, um, like, restraint and, and discipline uh, to main, in order to maintain our, our lives and well-being like uh, kind of uh, in opposition to that our uh, sensorial appetites
and there I mean uh, and And there, therein lies like maybe part of what's going on with with uh, walking, talking is is like super is is like you know on this on this level of like logical reason reason based. Uh, living then on on top of that I'm trying to like reach up into uh Like a, a mode of being that that actually like in in some ways like resists the the logical or well I should say really transcends it like uh, I guess that's my aspiration. gravitate towards walking to the places that are don't have too much traffic noise
maybe I'm experiencing a little bit of tiredness uh, of, of talking or really of, of thinking verbally but uh, I only I only really notice that if I if I stop you know as long as I keep going I don't I don't notice any tiredness but then if I stop talking then maybe I like have an inclination to like rest the uh, you know linguistic part of my brain for a moment but I'm probably still you know I'm probably still thinking though in linguistic terms but like I might be starting to think I might be starting to think in more practical terms it's like uh, and maybe like physiologically maybe I'm starting to feel some like mild unpleasantness just like maybe like mildly tired uh, of walking or something like that but like it's now that I now that I investigate that it's like really not not unpleasant you know and like to what extent um, you know to what extent is like pleasure and unpleasantness real it's certainly you know it's definitely real sometimes definitely suffering is definitely real um but I'm not. Sh I'm not actually sure if it's like. I'm not sure if it's like totally real as as um, as a discrete state of being. That's that's uh, that is totally different from joy. You know, like. Um, Just from, from my uh, personal experience, it's like those two things, like suffering and joy, and joy uh, are always linked to each other. Always. The more I suffer, the more joy I experience, and then the more joy I experience the more I suffer and I've, I've never I've never found anything that disproves that
like, you know, I can, like, in my life, I, I, I see the, you know, when I, when I am suffering, it tends to be like the, the more intense the suffering, it, it, it means like, the harder it is for me to, to, to understand the meaning of that suffering in relation to the rest of my life and in relation to the rest of the world. Like if I, if I, uh, if I can't make any sense of the suffering, like it doesn't seem to have any reason, then it, you know, like if it seems like it's just like suffering for no reason and and like as if it as if that shouldn't exist I feel like it's it's like a just unnecessary component of of my reality and like that's what's intense about it and that's like kind of like what that's kind of what makes it suffering like it, it, in that like I can't see its connection to anything else um But like the the experience of joy for me is is kind of this is kind of one and the same with the the experience of like seeing the connection of everything. Like I could I could equate like suffering to being like disconnectedness and and uh, joy to being. A feeling of connectedness. And when I do feel joy, when I do experience that connectedness, I also, I understand the meaning of my past suffering. I understand the reason and the necessity of it and how it's, it's, it is connected with the rest of my life and like, uh, has meaning in the rest of my life and even gives meaning to the rest of my life But it doesn't you know, I don't think it I don't think I'll ever be We'll never, I don't, I don't think any of us will ever be without either. I kind of think that they're, that the, those two things are, are two parts of the same. that they create each other. I think a lot of people might disagree, but I, I think they're wrong. But it's fine if they disagree. I mean, well, it's fine and it's not. Like they're, I do think they're wrong.
that like even the experience of joy that experience of um, connectedness like you only experience it as such like in relation to an experience of its of its opposite of disconnectedness like you only experience it as connection if you've you know if you've previously felt disconnection and then like the, the disconnection and, and same you know vice versa like the suffering of disconnection maybe only follows feeling the joy of connection and and then you know it disappearing 